Chapter 17, verse 14. You can remain seated, please. 1 Kings 17, verse 14. And then I'll go over to chapter 18, verse 21 and 24. Okay? Everybody have that? Okay, 1 Kings 17, verse 14 says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bit of flour, y'all remember that? Shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So they were in a famine or in a drought time, and uh, everybody was going through, but he said, uh, the bin of flour you have is not going to run out. Okay? Chapter 18, verse 21 and 24 says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter or halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But of Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Verse 24. Then you shall call on the name of the Lord, on the name of your gods, lowercase, lowercase G-O-D-S, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Amen? Tonight I'm giving you uh, part two of this message we began on Sunday entitled Preparing for a Showdown. Preparing for a Showdown. As I, as I told you Sunday, it's, it's um, uh, in perilous times like this, we really appreciate and are thankful for apostolic and prophetic ministry. Um, I don't know how many of you are, but I am. I'm thankful that I'm part of a prophetic ministry that uh, not only am I walking in the office of a prophet, but because uh, we have a prophet and apostle that's even overseas uh, over us. And then all of you all, because when you're connected properly, you're prophetic. And so you see things and you hear things from God. Amen. Uh, Paul said, I, I wish it, that you all would prophesy. Right. Hallelujah. right? Moses said that. People, they were talking about, the, hey, the people out there mo prophesy. Moses said, I want them all to prophesy. Right. Amen? So we're supposed to be a prophetic church. And the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, that said, the Lord God does nothing except he first reveals it to his secret to his servants, the prophets. Amen? So what's going on? God's not behind COVID-19. We know he's not behind that. He's not the one doing it, but as I told you Sunday, he is doing something. And so it's imperative that you and I don't look at what the devil, who is behind COVID-19, don't focus on what he's doing, focus on what God is doing and what we're doing with God. Remember I taught you here a couple Sundays ago, doing the works of Jesus? So you and I are supposed to be doing something. Now, I don't want you to be alarmed at what's going on. And we shouldn't be because he's been, God's been prepping us for this for years. For years. You know, I told my wife I wanted to preach a message one Sunday. Can you hear me now? <laughs> God told Ezekiel that. He said, Ezekiel, he said, I'm sending you out among rebellious people, hard-head, stiff-necked people. He said, I want you to go preach. And see, he said, whether they hear or whether they forbear, in other words, whether they listen to you or whether they, they reject what you say, yet they shall know that a prophet has been among them. In other words, God's going to make sure what you prophesied is coming to pass. And so as I've been preaching years, the time is coming, the time is coming. And uh, somebody brought up in prayer this morning how uh, I learned this phrase from somebody else, but I started using it. Get all you can and can all you get. You ever heard that before? I remember the first time I heard a guy say that, I, I was like, yes, amen, but I had no clue what this guy was talking about. Get all you can and can all you get. What he was saying was, listen, and grain all you can, whether you need it now or not. What you don't need now, can it, preserve it, because you're going to need it later. So things we've been teaching for years, if, even if you didn't need it back in 2010 or 2012, you, you sure do need it now. 
right? So uh, God, is, the good thing is the word is timeless. The word is timeless. Amen? And so we can ask the Holy Ghost to bring back to our remembrance all the things that Jesus has said to us. And he'll do that. And so uh, we're not surprised by what's going on. But I want you to, I want you to, I'm going to say this. This is not really part of my message, but I want you to un- just to know this. There is a global financial reset going on. I want you to understand this is much more than about a virus. COVID-19 is, is a virus. Um, the numbers on the virus, for example, uh, I checked the stats. I think it was Monday. I was sitting out there, out there just just talking, and the CDC gave its sort of final, it's not final yet, but their, their numbers on the flu season, which just ended from October to March, there were t- more, oh, more than 24,000 deaths from the flu in America. This is not the world, just in, just in America, t- more than 24,000 deaths. And at that time, in America, there were only, on Monday, only about 2,500 deaths from coronavirus. And what we're finding out, many of those are being labeled coronavirus and not even coronavirus. You, are you following what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to get you to see it's much more than, than about coronavirus. There's a reset going on. The media, I don't want to point people out, so just keep the camera on me. The media is saying that all the, all the hospitals in America are overwhelmed. Yet I got a report from one young lady here in the church who works in that arena who her job, part of the, her company's job is to staff hospitals with doctors. And her report on Tuesday was that their hospitals, are, their caseloads are down 40%. They're having to cut doctors' hours back because their caseloads are down 40%. Something's fishy. Something in the milk ain't clean. Are you following the saying? So, so I, I, I'm, I'm not saying COVID isn't real. It's real. It's real. But I, I, want you, I want you to understand that this is not even a surprise to, to men because there are people who've known about this. They've planned this. I could give you some documents and things like that from 2010 that they, they've had this plan for many years. So what's happening is there's a financial reset going on in, on the whole globe. Companies who are already struggling, this is their exit. Such that they can walk out and close out and get their, their money and the, invest in something else. There, there was a senator, one senator who's now under investigation, who sold like $4 million worth of stock just before everything started hitting. How did you know? How did you know? See, there's a financial reset happening that if you're not aware of what's going on, you are going to panic and freak out like the world and understand, no, 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 I'm not part of that. Now, what you understand, whenever there's a financial reset, it means somebody's going to make money while other people are losing money. Because money doesn't vanish. It, it doesn't vanish. It doesn't vanish. It only shifts. The wonderful thing about us is, is that uh, Proverbs 13, uh, 22, somewhere around there, talks about that the, uh, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the wicked 
sort of for the righteous, for the just, right? So this is a time of wealth transfer. Now, I just want, I want you to, I'm going to say one more thing about that before we go on. I want, want you to turn to Proverbs 30, Proverbs 30, and um, verse 11 through 14. We read this every month, don't we? Yes, sir. I said we read this every month, don't we? Yes, sir. I'm just checking your neighbor. Proverbs 11, verse, Proverbs 30, rather, verse 11. There is a generation... That curses its father and does not bless his mother. Now, I'm like, sure enough, I know some people like that. Then there's a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. They're nasty, immoral, but in their own eyes, they're pure. There's a generation, verse 13, oh, how lofty are their eyes. They're arrogant. And their eyelids are lifted up. Pride. Nasty and proud. Now watch verse 14. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Some months ago, a couple months ago, maybe it was when I was reading this one day, I wrote in there in my Bible, economic genocide. That that's been the plight throughout the world for not just now, it's been for ages that there's always been attacks, uh, things that have happened to eliminate a class of people. In fact, give me the amplified on that verse, verse 14, if you can. Hopefully, computer keep up with, up with me on this here. Uh, verse, verse 14 in the amplified. Then I'm going to try to get it in the, in the passion if we can, please. Glory to God. I want you to see this. 30, 14, amplified. Because there, we have a class system. C-L-A-S-S, right? Now, watch what it says here. We got it? There is a class of people whose teeth are as swords and whose fangs as knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. So a class of people. So I want you to see there's been classism. And one of the plans even that uh, Adolf Hitler had, he, because of his views, was to eliminate a whole class of people. Not just, we, we talk about the Jews, but he was eliminating Eliminating more than the Jews. It was a class of people. You got it? Give me the same verse in the Passion. Hopefully we have that here in the Passion. I know we have it. Just hopefully we can pull it up here before Jesus comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got it? Okay. All right. I, I gave him a heads up. I said a minute ago, I said I'm going to the Passion. So that's why I, I said it ahead of Man, that thing... Listen to this. There is a generation rising that uses their words like swords to cut and slash those who are different. They would devour the poor, the needy, and the afflicted from off the face of the earth. 
So people who are poor, needy, handicapped, widows, orphans, there becomes a diabolical scheme to just eliminate them. What do you think Planned Parenthood is all about? Y'all ain't saying anything. What do you think Planned Parenthood is all about? It's eliminating a class of people. Not just blacks, but poor. It's to shrink and reduce that population so that they, they don't, uh, our earth isn't overfilled with all those kind of people, those kinds of people. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So understand that part of what you're seeing here is not the end of the world. It's a reset that's trying to be brought on by a class of people. And here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen, take it with, with you and do with it with what you will, that some of our leaders in government are either totally blind to it or they're taking part in it. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them are either totally blind, have no clue what going on, what's going on, or they're part of the system. <laughs> Glory to God. I just, amen, let me keep going here. All right, now, so you remember I told you Sunday, I reminded you about 15 weeks ago how the Lord gave me a word one Sunday morning. It was uh, December 22nd, 2019. The Lord woke me up with three words, been a flower, been a flower. He spoke New King James to me, right? Uh, King James, barrel of flower, but New King James, been a flower. And I told you I thought that was just about Christmas time, all right? God's going to make sure our needs are supplied through Christmas, but I didn't know uh, that God was talking about this time we're in now. Okay? Now, so he was preparing us for now, this moment we're in right now. Okay? Now, years ago, Apostle Derber gave a word about there being a coming showdown. In fact, one word, I was, I was talking with him today, I was reminding him of that word, I'm sure he remembers it, about him, the Lord telling him he's about to bankrupt the devil. We're watching that unfold right now. Okay, but there's coming a showdown. So I gave you Sunday. We looked at First Kings 18. Everybody good? First Kings 18. I showed you a preview of that. We read verse 21. Elijah came to the people and, and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. The problem was people were going back and forth between God and Baal. Back and forth between God and idol gods. Between the God who had saved them and delivered them uh, to gods who had done nothing for them. But they were the gods of the other people around them. You got it? The people answered them not a word. Verse 24, he said, you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So the people answered and said, it is well. This is a showdown that he set up. He didn't do this because he was backing into a corner. Y'all got to catch it. It's an offensive move. In other words, he challenged them. And, and the church for a long time has been sitting back letting the world challenge us. And God said, no, the time is coming when I need you to rise up church and you challenge them. Challenge every system. Challenge all the idolatry. Challenge all the immorality. Go and stand in the face of kings and those who are in authority and tell them, thus saith the Lord. You see, when, when preachers uh, quote and we say, uh, uh, upon this rock, rock I'll build my church, uh, Matthew 16, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, 
We say, that means, yeah, that means when the devil comes against us, he can't win. That's not what it means. When he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it, gates don't move. What it is, is for the church to go against the gates. And when the church goes on the offensive against Satan's gates, those gates will not stop us. The same way the gates uh, in Jericho didn't stop the children of Israel from getting in. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? So the church is supposed to be on the offensive. I didn't say be offensive, but go on the offensive. And, well, I guess, I guess if you go on the offensive, sometimes you might be offensive. <laughs> but you're still right. When you speak what is right, it's right. You got it? Now, so I showed you here, go back to 1 Kings uh, chapter 18 and verse 17. I showed you how Ahab uh, said to Elijah when he saw him, is that you, trouble of Israel? So Ahab, the king was blaming uh, Elijah, the prophet, or government was blaming the church for what's going on. It's ironic that people all, all over the country are putting so much pressure on the church. These churches need to be, need to be closed. They can't meet because people are going to catch the corona. Now, they're, they're, not, they're not arguing about Walmart. They're not arguing about Target. They're not arguing about anybody else. They're not arguing about the fact that, people, that you can catch corona at the gas station. If they don't know that. They just don't put on the church because we're all gathered together. It's an assault and attack against the body of Christ. And people are going to think you're a fool for going to church. Well, let me be a fool then. And they're going to try to, the whole, the, whole, the whole conversation is to put everything on the church. Make this out to be the church's fault. It's not. Elijah responds to Ahab, I'm not the one troubling Israel. It's you, remember the message Bible, it's you and your government. It's you and your government because y'all have started serving all these false gods. You've let all these other things in to a nation. And I'm, I'm not talking about President Trump. I understand that. This has been going on for years, decades. I mean, thank God there are some things he's trying to correct. You understand what I'm saying to you? But these things have been going on for many, 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 many years in our nation, in our cities, in our states. We're legalizing immorality and we're, 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 we're villainizing, uh, villainizing the church. Did you know this week we had a pastor in America arrested for having church? And church folk are saying, that's right. Whoa. Church folk are saying, that's right? That a man's arrested because he was using, exercise his First Amendment rights? What's wrong with, with, with the church that we think it's good that one of us got arrested. Something's wrong with that picture. He, yeah, submit yourself to government. What, what are you talking about? Peter said, I would much rather obey God than, God than obey men. That's after he had gotten out of jail. They said, don't preach. He said, no, I'm going back to preach. In fact, in, fact, in fact, you read it, Acts 4 and Acts 5, the Holy Ghost told him, when I let you, when I get you out of this jail, go back out there and preach. He went to jail for preaching. The angel came and got him out. The Holy Ghost said, when you get out, go back out there and preach again. 
Dr. Brown, keep preaching. Dr. Brown, you keep preaching. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Let the whole world know there is a God in Israel. And every time it rises against you in judgment, we condemn it. Well, people are condemning us. <laughs> we got to shift, shift people around. But the problem is, he said, your government and your system, your idol worship, that's what's causing the problem. I told you about the Sunday, your arts entertainment, your NBA, your NFL, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do this, all the stuff. Things used to be so, so uh, everything was shut down on Sunday. Remember when, back when uh, St. Pete used to be a dry city? Pelham's County used to be a dry county? You couldn't drink on Sunday. You couldn't buy no alcohol on Sunday. You couldn't even buy it. We used to have hot, hot houses everywhere. Because you had to sneak into the hot house and buy you some liquor if you want to get some liquor on, on a Sunday. I remember one time we went out evangelizing in this neighborhood down here before it was gone. We still had a neighborhood. And then we went to a place. It was, we, I don't know. I didn't know it was a hot house until we got there. There's a nighttime, too. What you want? Do you know Jesus? I was like, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But no, no, everything's more important now on Sunday. NBA's on Sunday, NFL on Sunday, NHL on Sunday, MLB's on Sunday, Disney's on Sunday, and everybody, I mean, people skip church, going to Disney, going to Busch Gardens, going to SeaWorld. You notice now all the award shows, they're on Sunday, Emmys and the Oscars and the Grammys, all on Sunday, everything on Sunday now. They've taken over the, what, what for us is the Lord's Day. Because none of that matters anymore, the Lord's Day. Pastor, you're just ranting. Yes, I am ranting and I'm raving because I'm here to defend the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I told y'all already, I'm an old school dinosaur. In science and medicine, we're, they're promoting evolution. Cloning. Cloning. We're going to clone human beings. How about this one? Transitioning. Transitioning. We're helping people change genders. They call it transitioning. So now, if you're a person even in prison, and you say you want to be transitioned, they're now suing and, and making prison systems pay for their transitions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taxpayer money going towards People transitioning now. Well, something, something. So, it's not Elijah. Now, I got, I got to tell you this because this is very important. See, because what the devil, now, one of, one of my sons reminded me of this this morning, uh, that this is 5780. Y'all forgot it already? In the Hebrew, 5780. In fact, we're about to hit Passover, 5780. It's no, it's no coincidence this is happening right now. 5780, the year of the open mouth. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now, you see. The words you speak 
so shall it be. Psalm 81, verse 10 in the, in the, in the Passion Translation. Y'all remember that? Yes. Remember the little post? Remember all that kind of stuff? Prophesy till you testify? So the devil knows the power of prophetic voices. So what he's trying to do now is shut down the prophetic voices. So you got to see this as bigger than just a virus. This is the year of the open mouth. Where God said, I want you to open your mouth big now. We should be having more than we had last year. I'm talking about speaking more. Broadcasting more. Getting the gospel out more. Declaring things more than we ever did. So the devil has to shut that down because he knows that God said, if you open your mouth wide with a mighty decree, I will fulfill it. Now you see the words that you speak, so shall it be. So now he's trying to get people to speak. Oh, it's going to be a lot of deaths. Oh, it's going to be a lot of deaths. It ain't Pete yet. Oh, we got to shut everything down. I'm talking about getting the church folk to speak that. Oh, we got to, we can't be out there among all that stuff. You're speaking with your prophetic mouth. Death. Now, I'm going to show you something here. First Kings 8, 18. Verse 19, he said, now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, that's the two different gods, Baal being the male god, Asherah being the female goddess, and they're all centered around uh, sexuality. If you study them out, I'm not going to talk about it here, but they're all centered around sexuality, um, uh, Immoral sexuality. You got it? Who eat at Jezebel's table. So the false prophets were endorsed and approved and funded by Jezebel. Jezebel is the queen, but she's an an idol worshiper. Now I want to show you something here. Will you please turn to Revelation 2? Remember earlier this year the Lord had us read Revelation? I say, you remember the Lord had us read Revelation? Yes, sir. There's no coincidence in the Hebrew language. You understand? The word coincidence is not a word in the Hebrew language. So in God's system, Devin, nothing just happens. Everything God orchestrates and sets up for us. So he had us read Revelation. And the first one of the first things you read through Revelation is about the seven churches. <laughs> so you can kind of gauge... Not only what kind of church you are, but what kind of individual you are. You got it? Now, Revelation 2, verse 20. This is to the church at Thyatira. I'm going to start at verse 18. And to the angel of the church, angel is another word for messenger, but we could also translate it in some places as pastor. So we're talking to the pastor. Of the church at Thyatira, right? These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire, his feet like fine brass. I know your works. You do a lot of good works. Love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Wonderful. Y'all doing a lot of good things. Verse 20. Nevertheless. I have a few things against you, Thyatira. What does it have against you? Because you allow or tolerate that woman Jezebel. Mm-hmm. 
Now, church I grew up in, uh, we were kind of trained and taught that the Jezebel spirit was if you had on makeup, right? You remember makeup and eyeliner and, you know, you had, you know, too much jewelry on and you, woman, you had on pants. Oh, Jezebel. Because you had fingernail polish and all that kind of stuff, you know, and those things that we, so we, you know, even as boys, you can't, you don't date no girl. She got all that. That's old Jezebel. You can't bring no Jezebel home to my house. Right? But that's the Jezebel spirit wasn't about makeup. Now, did Jezebel wear makeup? Yes. If you go back and read, she wore makeup. That's why people equated that makeup to being the Jezebel spirit. But thank God, makeup doesn't make you a Jezebel. And the, all the men say, amen. Makeup doesn't make you a Jezebel. Amen. Sometimes you can beautify the meat with a little, little foundation, a little something. You ain't got to go, go full, full-fledged full war paint, but you know you can do a, do a, add a little something. Just even things out. Just even things out. Help us out. Let's just even things out. Right? So that's not the Jezebel spirit. Now watch. Let's see what it is here. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach. Yes, she calls herself. But watch what she does in her, in her prophetic ministry. To teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So what the Jezebel spirit is, it's about pushing people into sexual immorality and idolatry. Oh, that's all right. This is all right. It's all right. What you talking about? You're only human, bro. You're just a man. You all, some of you all have no clue the kind of stuff going on in the church. And I'm going to do my best to just make sure you don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep your little innocent eyes, your little innocent ears, just so you don't realize you don't know. Y'all will be clutching your pearls. Lord have mercy, they doing what? <laughs> yes, in the church. In fact, if you read the book of Ezekiel, God had Ezekiel one time dig through the wall. He said, dig through the wall, Ezekiel, and let Ezekiel look and saw the kind of filth that was going on in, literally in the church, in, for them, the temple, in the, physically in sexual immorality. It's nothing old, nothing new, I ra rather. It's been going on for centuries, for eons. So don't be surprised if the pastor fall and the first lady go, go crazy and the, you know, the deacon so-and-so find out that you know, they were with sister so-and-so. And, and, the, and the musician go through all the choir. <laughs> Is the truth anyhow? Well, what's happening? A Jezebel spirit is, is released throughout the church. Thank you, Lord. And many times it's because the head. 
Because if, if the head doesn't, if the head finds out and doesn't fix it, Eli. Remember, Eli found out about his sons and their sexual morality and wouldn't fix it. That's why he lost his life. That's why God had to remove Eli and raise up a Samuel. Thank God in this day he's raising up some Samuels. That's what's happening, that in the church there's coming now a changing of the guard. You better hear what I'm saying to you. You have been raised up. I said you have been raised up for now because God is changing the guard. Those who have been at the forefront, who've been faking it at the forefront, he's moving them out of the way right now to bring those who are the true saints of the Most High God right up to the front because we're going to walk right, live right, talk right, do right, do everything right. Walk in righteousness. Walk in holiness. Walk in integrity. You hear what I'm saying to you? So Jezebel, this Jezebel spirit is that sexually immoral and that it's, it's idolatry. Oh, is there idolatry in the church? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to just call them out because people already don't like me. The Masons and, the, and all the fraternities and the Deltas and the Sigmas and the Thetas and the, and the Omegas and the, and the Sci-Fis and the Alphas and the AKAs and all the idolatry on the church. And people are decorating their churches in their, their sorority colors, their fraternity colors, and they're, they're, they're on TV preaching and all their sorority and fraternity stuff and all that stuff. And they Masons and doing all the little symbols. All the preachers doing this all over the country. It's the spirit of Jezebel. And just, 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 just want to make sure you know, the spirit of Jezebel is not always manifested in a woman. It's a spirit. Jezebel is not a woman, it's a spirit. So you got men pushing it in the body of Christ. Perversion and idolatry in the body of Christ. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to show you here in a minute. I've already lost enough friends, so I ain't, I'm, I'm not trying to collect friends. I already lost enough colleagues. I'm not trying to collect colleagues. Long as I got King Jesus. Long, long, long as I got him. Don't need him. No, I need y'all. I need y'all. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch what God says. In verse 21, Revelation 2. And I gave her time to repent. Now, how generous and gracious of a God do we have that would give somebody who's bringing all sorts of damage to the church? He said, and I'm going to still give her time to repent. Oh, we serve a loving God. We serve a generous God. We serve a gracious God. We serve a very patient God, a very long-suffering God. Come on, give God thanks, because he was generous and gracious and long-suffering with every one of us. Because, Lord, I wasn't always doing it right. Thank you for letting me get it right with, before putting my stuff out there, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on now. Before he got, let your stuff get all out there. He said, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Now, if he gave her time, that means he also uh, was sending her a word. 
If he gave her time, he's also sending her a word. It doesn't say that, but we know that's how God works. Warning does not come before, uh, uh, destruction does not, does not come before a warning, or with a, with a warning, without a warning, right? So he gave her time, and she did not repent. Now watch verse 22. Watch, see what it says here. Verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed. So in other words, other words, he said, time's up. Y'all remember me telling y'all one time? That's why I had a praise him. Don't be singing that song no more about don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He gave up on, on this woman. He said, he said, I'm done. I gave a time. My spirit would not always strive with man, with man Genesis 6. So if you ain't going to do it, I'm going to just say, all right, I'm done. Go ahead and do whatever in the world you want to do and take the consequences thereof. Right? And I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her or keep following her foolishness into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Keep one more verse, one more verse. 23, 23. I will kill her children. Oh, Lord. So Jezebel has children out here. That idolatrous, immoral spirit has children out here. In the church. These are people in the church. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. My Lord, thank God for repentance. You know, one of, one of, the, one of the things that you and I want to make sure we do always is when we, whenever we find ourselves in sin, is we repent quickly. You know the Bible calls David in Acts 7, I think it is, a man after God's own heart? Now David did some stuff. Lied, cheated, conspiracy to commit murder. I mean, he did some stuff. But David, the difference, what made David a man after God's own heart was that the moment he was confronted about his mess, he said, oh, I repent. <laughs> Psalm 51 is all about him repenting. Created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop, wash me, I shall be clean. I'll be whiter than snow. You see? So when you, when you find yourself over in sin, repent quickly. Don't, don't wait in it. Repent quickly before time runs out. Praise you, Lord. All right. Now, man, I didn't mean to go that long. Go back to 1 Kings 18, uh, 17. Yeah, somebody must have needed that. 1 Kings 17. I showed you, again, we were trying to get to the point here about, about um, Elijah having this showdown, but I showed you Sunday, I began to show you how God prepared him for the showdown, yes. right? And I walked you through chapter 17, part of it, and we saw how in uh, God sent Elijah to first a place called Cherith. Yes. Everybody say Cherith. Cherith. Now that word Cherith uh, comes from the uh, Hebrew word karath, which means to cut, to cut off, to cut down, to cut off a body part, to cut out, to eliminate, kill, or cut a covenant. So God told him, you see in verse 3, 1 Kings 17, 3, he said, get away from here 
and turn eastward and hide. So notice God sent him into hiding at Cherith. So he sent him into a place of isolation, a place of separation, a place, uh, just to use the, the term of the day, social distancing by choice. You got it? That's real social distancing. Go hide there by the chair. Nobody else is there. Now, everybody say social distancing. I got a whole message in my phone. I'm going to preach on that one day if, the, if you know, they don't lift it. I got, I got to preach what the Bible says about social distancing. Because the Bible does teach social distancing. I've been doing it a long time. Can I give you one scripture? 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 18, the passion. Hope y'all got in the passion. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 18. I want you to see social distancing. What God says about it. This isn't the CDC, this is the G-O-D. Guidelines for social distancing. It says here, don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances. This is social distancing. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? If you see somebody in rebellion against God's word, don't, don't be hanging out with them. Distance yourself. Hey, bro, give me six feet. Are you, are you is that six feet? What partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? Keep going, please. Verse 15. What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? None. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So God is, is encouraging. Matter of fact, let me change that. See, because CDC is recommending. God is commanding social distancing. He says, you don't have anything, anything in common with an unbeliever? Keep going, please. <laughs> Watch this. What friendship does God's temple have with demons? None. For indeed, we are the temple of the living God. That's what all the people are saying. You can just stay home because we're the temple. We're the church. Yes, you're right. But you forgot all the other part of the scripture. Yeah, you're going to pull that one out and do all of it. Just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. You ready for this? Keep going. Verse 17. Verse 17. For this reason, come out from among them and be separate. Social distance yourself, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. Come out of that foolishness. Get out of that stuff. Christians. Temples of the living God. What you doing hanging out with them? What you doing trying to collaborate? All our, all our gospel musicians. Collaborating. I'm going to say they Collaborating. Witnessing my foot. They're collaborating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Touch nothing that is unclean, and I will embrace you. Verse 18, verse 18, verse 18, last one. Last one. Hallelujah. Is there, do we have a verse 18, or there's maybe just my, I count it wrong. Huh? There's an 18. I will be a true father to you, and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Yahweh Almighty. This is based on you socially distancing yourself. So I'm supposed to socially distance myself from the world. Now, I'm talking about being prepared for a showdown. See, and most of the church, much, I can't say most because I, I don't know how to quantify that. I just know much of the church that I see is not ready. They only want a showdown because their lives have become so entangled and intertwined with those of the world, they're definitely not going to offend their friends and their, their partners they have in the world now. We've got, we've made allegiances and we've collaborated and They're not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to have no showdown. I'm certainly not, not going to stand up for the church because might, I, might, I might lose my job or I might, might not be invited, you know, to the group. And I might not in partnership with the world. Now, am I talking to some, some revivalists in here? Am I, talking to some, am I talking to some revolutionaries? The revolution will be televised. God's going to make sure the whole world sees the revolution that's rising up of people of God who are not going to be afraid, not going to be scared, not going to back down. No, for God I live and for God I die. And I don't care who don't like me no more. I'm going to do it God's way. says God, uh, uh, God through Apostle Paul told Timothy this. He said, Timothy, no man who wars entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please him who called him as a soldier. Do you know you've been called as a soldier? Do you know you are in God's army? I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. If I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. If I die, let me die in the army. Now, we've been singing that for years. But now it's wartime, and everybody... Don't say nothing. Where you gonna go? Where you gonna go? We got nowhere to go. We got nowhere to go. Everybody backing that thing up now when it's wartime. I believe I fight time. Yeah, uh huh. Till the action is wartime. Tell you that, it's wartime now. It's time to fight. Why in the world he told you, you think he told you, but put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and having the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. 
having your loins going about with truth. Why do you think he gave you all that, all that weaponry? To go out to eat? All that. Could you imagine going on? No, it's for the fight. It's for the battle. It's for the showdown, baby. The showdown is coming. The showdown is on. No, I pray that in this church, that in all these years, Pastor Kim and I have not been raising up little, 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 little. That's what we used to say growing up. If you're scared, say you're scared. That's what we used to say. If you're scared, just say you're scared. Oh, I don't need to be going around, beating around the bush and beating around the bush. If you're scared, Pastor, say you're scared. Oh, no, no. An abundance of caution. Mm. If you're scared, say you're scared. Deacon, Deacon Fry, if you're scared, say you're scared. Bishop, apostle, prophet, if you're scared, say you're scared. But don't lambast folk who are not afraid, who know we're covered, who know we're protected, who know we're strong, who know God's on our side. Next time somebody talk about you, you going to church? Yeah, you scared? Say you're scared. You shouldn't be going. If you're scared, say you're scared. Just say it. Say, just say you're scared so I know. Go ahead and make sure I know you're scared so when I get into another battle, I know not even call on you. Because I want to know when I get in a fight, when I get in a battle and the enemy's coming against you, against me, I need to know who am I going to call on? Who am I going to call to join hands? Who am I going to call to agree with me in prayer? Who am I going to call to stand in faith with me? Certainly not you, prayer, Reverend, because you're scared. Let me find two or three that's in God's house who ain't scared of the devil who's going to stand up and fight for God. My wife and children will tell you I stood before them on Monday before my wife and children and I asked them eyeball to eyeball are you ready if something happens to us? Eyeball to eyeball are you confident that if we got arrested that you're okay you're going to be okay? Yes, that we ready. we know. Are you confident that if all of us lost our lives, that we would see each other in heaven? I, God, God, I ask that. I don't plan on being a martyr for Jesus, but if I have to. Somebody holler, I ain't never scared, I ain't never scared. Come on, you ought to just, just, just bump it, just high five one person and tell them I ain't never scared. never scared. I was made for this. I was built for this. I was born for a time such as this. 
I've been prepping all these years for this. We've been preaching all these years for this. We've been singing all these years for this. We've been fasting. We've been praying. We've been sowing. We've been giving. We've been standing for time such as this. I ain't going to get scared now. We've been training for this. How would you feel if the football team practiced all week? And get out into the field, other teams start chanting, other teams charge chanting, and the guys get scared. So the coach, I'm going to say, what, what, what's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all? No, baby, I'm ready. I made sure my wife and my kids knew that if I lose my life, I will see you when we get to heaven. I'm not scared. I'm not in bondage to the fear of death. If I die, let me die. Do go to heaven? I'm sure of it. Sit down. Cherith is the place. Y'all took all my time. Let me just. Cherith is the place where we break up with the world and bond ourselves to God. See, why am I so confident tonight? Because my wife and I already broke up with the world. See, we already been through Cherith. See, years ago, when the Lord began to teach us faith, and when he began to open our eyes to the kingdom of God, we, we self-isolated. Not only self-insulated, we quarantined ourselves. We cut ourselves off from the world. We cut ourselves off from folk who weren't teaching this right, who weren't living this right, who disputed the word of God because of their tradition. So we self-quarantined. Ain't nobody call. I don't need nobody to call me. My face is in this book, man. I'm in this word. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, 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 I'm trying to shock out about I'm trying to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is renewed by the word of God. So we begin to, to renew our minds in the word of God, spending day and night and day and night and day and night in the word of God until we got inoculated against sickness and disease and viruses and germs, until we got immunized against lack and poverty and death, until God had already covered us, until nothing the devil could ever form could prosper against us. But we quarantined ourselves. Did we lose friends? Yes. Did we lose family? Yes. All the above. Do we make enemies? Yes. 
Did we get cut off from all the preaching engagements and church engagements? Yes. I don't need none now. I got to force myself to do the ones we get. Because I ain't trying to collect your little $75. Most of them they ain't, they ain't giving that. I, ain't, I, don't, I, ain't need, I don't need that. And all you get now is good message, Reverend. I didn't need it anyway. See, I don't, I'm, we, we've, we've already gone through this cherith. And many of you have gone through your cherith. Truth be told, many of you, you've already gone through that cutting off, that isolation, that hiding yourself. But what you learned at Cherith is that God can get anything from anywhere, from anybody, at any time to me. At the brook. But if God's got to get a monkey and strap a $10 bill to a monkey's back, He'll get the monkey to get himself all the way down to me to give me that $10. If God would use ravens, ravens aren't feeder birds. They're scavengers. God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to you. Say it. Make it personal. Come on, say it. Say it. God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to me. Say it again. God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to me. One more time to settle it. Come on. God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to me. <laughs> See, our, our faith couldn't grow until we cut off all the other stuff. See, I need y'all to hear me, 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 hear me. A lot of people have had job faith. It hadn't really been faith, it's been a job. What you going to do now? See, now you need faith, faith. Not job faith. No security in the world, in the government. Oh, no, they're going to send us a check. Um, let me tell you something. Well, it's coming April 6th. No, you, you better check the news. Uh, it's been moved to May. At the earliest. And there's now, although it's been passed, there's now an argument in Congress on how to actually distribute it. So they got everybody on the hook now. Here's, here's, here's your, little, your little carrot. Here's your little carrot. It's coming. But now we got to take a couple weeks and argue on how we actually going to get it. So just, just to settle everybody down, pacify you, we just got voted and let you know it's coming.
And what you gonna do now? You better know God can get anything from anywhere, through anybody, at any time, to you. And let me just warn all the churches. Let me just warn all the churches. Because they're trying to get, I, I've, I'm, I got another email today they're trying to get all the churches, hey, get in on this because that, that thing has been approved. And what, what, what you need to know, churches, pastors, is everything they give to churches is a loan up to $10 million. It's not a grant. It's a loan to the churches. It's a loan. So now the government becomes the master of the church. The ritual of the poor, the borrower is slaves to the lender. So now the government will become a master over the church. All right. I, I, I still didn't get to Zarephath. We all come back Sunday? Well, I, I need to have a meeting, though. I need to meet. See, I, I already decided if they was on, if, if we were shut down, I was going to have church tomorrow night too. I was going to have church up until they shut us down. <laughs> we was going to have a special meeting. And they shut us down. But they're not going to shut us down because now they've de deemed us essential. Tell you that, but you are essential. Matter of fact, I, I want to say this parting word to those uh, EGCC members who are at home. Governor uh, DeSantis' order said that attendance at religious services is an essential activity. Read the order. He said attendance at religious services is an essential activity. In other words, he's saying you need to be in church. If you're scared, say you're scared. But, but he said you need to be in church. Now, I understand. I understand. I understand. You got to grow your faith. But you're not going to grow it at Walmart. You're not going to grow it. And you're not going to grow up watching CNN and Fox all day long. And MS, MSNBC and Bay News, you're not going to grow it that way. You're going to grow it. If you're going to be home, be in this word all day, 24-7. You ain't got time for Netflix and Hulu and nothing else. If you're scared, you don't have time for Netflix. Because they, we know about this physically immunocompromised, but if you're scared, you are spiritually immunocompromised. You will draw in the virus, and you know there's other stuff besides the virus, right? You know, that's why I'm going to teach next week on Redeem from the Curse, because the curse has everything else out there. Cancer didn't go nowhere. Hepatitis didn't go nowhere. You know, is that stuff still out there, right? The regular flu is still out there. Still out there. Sinus infection. Wearing, wearing your mask full time. You're going to 
You're going to get your own self sick. This is, this is an open system. You can't cover it all day long. Amen. All right, so y'all come back Sunday. I'll go into that preparing for a showdown three, and I'm, I'm going to go right into, make sure I go right into Zarephath. Pull my coattail if, I have, if you have to. We're going to talk about Zarephath, because Zarephath is where you get refined. Where you get refined. That's the last place before you're ready for the showdown. Because it's good that we hyped. We hype, we hype, we hype. We ready, we ready, we ready, we ready, we ready, we ready. But I want you to be ready, ready, ready for real. Amen. Come on, give God a praise tonight if you receive that word tonight. Come on, put those hands together tonight and give God a grand of praise for the word of God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we're getting ready to close, and um, again, I'm asking those of you who can, if you have the time, I understand everybody doesn't have the time, but if you can, stay for about 15 minutes with me. I want to have a meeting, uh, just a couple things on my heart, okay? I want to talk about. Um, how do I do this? I want you to stretch your hands towards your neighbor. Now, if you're in the same family, you can lay hands on them, you can touch them. But if they're not in your household, if they're not in your household, your family, just stretch your hands toward them. All right? Because there are, there are other things that the devil's trying, the devil just tries to find a way, the path of least resistance. So he's trying, he's, he's got all kind of stuff. People still dealing with marriage issues and Family issues and, you know, all that stuff hadn't gone anywhere. I just want you to just take just a moment before we close this and just, would you pray and intercede for the person next to you? Would you just do that? Just take a couple moments and just intercede for them. You don't have to know what's going on. Just, just intercede. Pray in general, unless they tell you something, something specific. If they tell you something specific. And if you need that, if you need something specific, ask the person next to you, hey, would you pray about this with me? If you have a, a specific need, just ask him, hey, uh, pray for this for me, please. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. While they're praying, while you're praying, I'm going to pray for those at home. Father, I pray for those even at home tonight watching us. I pray, Father, that God, whatever needs that they have, that they see you and look only to you, Father. Under stress, under duress, being afflicted, being buffeted about, I'm asking you, Father, that you'd release your awesome power in their lives. I ask you to touch anyone who's sick. Anyone sick, I pray that you touch their bodies. We send forth healing virtues to their bodies from the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet. As we, as we gather tonight in faith, we release our faith for them that God, that they be healed of every sickness, every sort of sickness, every sort of disease. 
that God, that they will have the wherewithal even to come to church just to get hands laid on them, just to be healed. That no need in being home sick, struggling. But God, even right now we ask you, God, to relieve those issues, those marriages that are struggling right now. And even under greater stress because somebody's lost their job or because they're home or whatever it is, God, we ask you, Lord, we speak peace to those homes right now. Peace to those marriages, peace to those mothers, those fathers and their children. We speak peace right now. Those who are uh, depressed, even maybe on the verge of suicide, as that's on the rise across America. Lord, no, 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 no. We stand against that right now in Jesus' name, and we release joy, joy, joy in every heart, in every mind, every soul, every spirit. In the name of Jesus, Satan, get your filthy hands off God's people. And we release joy of the Lord into every heart. Let that force of joy bring a supernatural strength to each person. Father, and we're asking you, Lord, that anyone who's dealing with the financial struggles already some people are already in a struggle before all this happened. God, we're asking you, Lord, that you release supernatural provision in their lives. That you show them how to walk in the steps that Elijah walked in. How to walk in the steps that Elisha walked in. How to walk in the steps that Abraham walked in. How to walk in the steps that Jesus Christ himself walked in. To know that, God, you can get anything from anywhere, through anybody, anytime to us. That there's a divine supply available to us if we trust in you. Now I pray your blessing upon your people that as we continue to go forward, you'll continue to increase us. I pray tonight as we close blessing upon our governor that God, we thank you for the, the fortitude and the wisdom you gave him to make sure churches can meet, to make sure those people of faith can meet. We pray, Father, that as a result, you would drive back this virus off the shores of the state of Florida, out into the sea where it dies, out into the sea where it dies. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing to all those who've already been in infected, that God, they recover and they recover quickly. In the name of Jesus, those who have died, we pray for their families. Those that remain, Lord, from their families, oh God, that they be strengthened and that they would know that you did not do this. This was, has not been an act of God, but that God, that they will know that, Lord, it's you still that can bring them comfort. And we pray that through this, through this state, revival fires would spread like it has already been prophesied. It's been prophesied that this whole state will be lit up like fire on the United States map. So God, because of what our governor has decreed, let revival fire cover this state in the name of Jesus to usher in the glory the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. We give you praise.
God, go with us tonight as we leave this place, but never your presence. Continue to be with us, prosper us, increase us, protect us. And God, we're going to continue to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor of these things we do pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Put those hands together one last time and give God a great hand of praise tonight.